sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. What's up, gang? Uh, Griff here, another episode of the Beer Engine. Uh, alongside uh, virtually of my co-host uh you guys know him as the former uh director of the beer spinoff of politifact i believe it was called hops multifact something along those lines um and uh he did get let go of there because he once gave greg cook four pinocchios three whoopsie doodles and a ha tony how you doing it was good. I was told I would have kept my um, position, except for the ha at the end of it. Yeah, and I the Pinocchios, don't. You were fine, yeah. Yeah, look, because you can give Trump eighty thousand Pinocchios in one fucking speech, and look, you, you're not going to lose respect. I, I don't think you're giving out enough <laughs> Pinocchios, but you give out one ha, and you're going to be featured on the five, yep. and then that, of course, you're going to get a bunch of elderly people coming after you, and they're going to come after your advertisers, especially uh, Depends. They're really going to come hard to try and get your <laughs> Depends sponsorship shut down, and and, that, and I understand that it was a purely financial decision on their end. At the end of the day, um, I was aware that, there could be this rabid fan base out there, but uh, Jesse Waters, I'm coming for you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, you know, you did that, and Greg was Greg Cook was just, uh, you know, he's putting that lawsuit in against Keystone Light, and you read that, um, you read that filing, and you said, "Nah, I am buying this." Absolutely not. It, it's it, just a way of tying up our court system, and the guy has no standing at all, like no standing, no legs. He is the Captain Dan of lawsuits. Post Vietnam War. Now, what do you think of the uh, to to be slightly serious for a minute? What do you think of the goofy, um, the Chris Saliza type of uh, Pinocchio shit? I think it's really, really fucking funny, frankly. But <laughs> I, I don't even know. Whether there's really no purpose. But do you mean funny in the fact that it serves no purpose and is just? I mean funny in the fact that it is one of them, like just. The, it's it's essentially someone with a seven IQ getting paid 180 grand to do it. So I don't know how it is that funny. As I say it out loud, maybe it's not. I'm, I'm not sure whether it's funny. It's um, it's just clogs up the airways and gets in the way of like critiquing um, right wing fascists. Um, all that goes. It all goes in the same pile with the Trump and the uh, yeah. You know, retweet. Hey, if we all retweet this, he's going to be really mad. You know the blue check mark guy stuff. Uh, and leave it to the guys that can actually um, make jokes. Leave it to your Seth Myers, Stephen Colbert's, um, John Oliver's to actually try and make comical points. Don't jam it into fucking CNN. And it's just not helpful to the political discourse and it's not going to move the needle on Trump. Are they changing viewers' minds? No. So it's not really an opinion piece. Are they informing people? No. Are they <laughs> being comedic? Fuck no. Not so really. I don't know what purpose it serves other than it eats up sort of eight minutes every fucking show. But Tony, you're you're I stood for the honk. I thought the honk was and that's why we brought you in here. You know, that's why we met was you did the honk. I said, let's get this guy. Um, he's gonna he's gonna bring a big viewer base viewer base. And everybody's watching now, um, and they're listening pur- purportedly. Um, Tony, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs. Apparently, someone has been listening to us and maybe viewing. Actually, someone has been viewing because I've been putting stuff on Instagram, so you have to look at it. Um, uh, our old friend, the Main Street Haitian, has been uh, checking things out. Um, shout-out to that guy. And... Um, he actually uh, left us a little, uh, well, he tagged us in a little Instagram post that I thought had a great topic and I, I would love to talk about it a little bit. Um, he had a picture of Focal Banger. Tony, are you familiar with this beer? I am not. Sort of- Focal Banger is a beer by the gang over at The Alchemist, famously makers of Hetty Topper. Um, are you familiar with Hetty Topper at least? <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm familiar with the, uh, the, brew- the brewery and the head brewer. So uh, he says that, you know, in the days before Corona, uh, we used to drive two states over and line up for hours to get the good stuff. I think he's referring to the beer in his picture, Focal. 
Um, now they can't give the stuff away and it's magically appearing in every local beer shop and they'll even deliver it to your doorstep. Um, and how will this play out when the world gets back to normal? So I think that's two parts. Um, what have you guys seen anything like this? I know you don't quite have the line waiting hype beer type of culture that we do in the U S but, um, you know, has anything like that changed? Have distribution zones been increasing? Is beer more available than it was now in Australia? Have you noticed that at all? Beer is more available than it has ever been, and I'm talking about quality beer here. And mm. the main thing is the way of distribution has changed. The breweries themselves are being more vocal because they don't have that that tap room to serve out of to to sell the appetite that people had for those limited releases. So they are being more vocal and cutting out the third man and selling direct to the public. I'm seeing a lot more of that. And we're yep. also so seeing breweries that are not commonly owned, that are individually owned, teaming up together to put out mixed cases, because which is something that I've discussed with you in the fact that postage in Australia is reasonably expensive, same in the US. It's right, not- but, I mean, come on, it's not horrible. I mean, if it were so expensive... We wouldn't have uh, Trump getting Pinocchios for talking about the post office or whatever. (laughs) Yes, agreed. But um, my thing is I want variety when I order things and I don't have the services like you do where you can put together a mixed um, case of beer just by by adding a couple of cans from here and a couple of cans from there and then at the end of the month it will get delivered. But we are seeing mixed cases being put together by three, four, five, six different breweries in some cases put into a case of either 16 or 24 and then that being shipped out from one of those breweries and the profits being shared by all those brewers um, rather than it just going to a bottle shop and, and, and or an online retailer and those guys getting a, a good slice of that profit. Yeah. So I, um, I would like to throw out here that... Uh in, in our, in our zone here in, in, in uh, the Midwest, well, in, let's say specifically in the Chicagoland area, because I think we have a very, we, we ended up in a very weirdly fortuitous situation. Um, I think our biggest hype breweries right now don't have tap rooms or Ooh. even really locations. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so just butcher. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Just to sort of clarify that. So are they, do they have, do they service retail outlets or do they purely yes. sell through their own websites or what's? Well, website beer, we can get into that. Um, I think we, we've mostly, we've, we've gotten into it before, but I, I actually have some more things to uh, whatever I'm spending more money, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But um, so they actually do, they're, they're distributing They're Well, they're self-distributing mainly they're retailing, you know, at tap rooms like the ones by my house. Uh, Hot Butcher, which makes what I would say, they make very good IPAs, but they are essentially, there are many IPAs that are sort of different hop combinations of a very similar base, I would argue. And I'm sure that there's more to it than that. I don't want to minimize what they're doing. Their beer tastes very good, but, you know, that's one part of it. But they uh, they sell them mostly outlets and they drive the beer around in a little Sprinter van or whatever and drop it off at these places. And you go buy it there. Um, and then, uh, but they never had a place you could go and like, like a tap room, you know, they brew out of a different brewery, like a contract arrangement. And, you know, so there's no line to wait in. Right. Same with a couple others here, very similar type of setup, you know, whether they make stout or whatever, there's a couple others like that. Now where, where, uh, the Haitian is, um, he is, uh, in the East coast and I have friends who live in uh, Massachusetts near like the tree houses and, uh, you know, trilliums of the world in Boston area. Um, same thing, right? They, they tend to sell their beer at sort of specific times from a specific place where people will often line up to wait to get, you know, Julius or whatever at Treehouse. Yep. And that's over. We're not doing that. You know, that's not happening anymore, at least not right now. Um, so they all of a sudden are saying, hey, Whole Foods, hey, uh, um, hey, do you want us to drive a case of Fort Point to your house, you know? Um, Hey, Alchemist uh, is going to put store, put beer on the gas station shelf, you know, or whatever. I I think it's a, I mean, that's a huge change for places that were very stalwart in saying we sell out of our tap room. You got to come to us, you know? 
Yep. Now we don't really have that here though. It's just different. I think it's different. We've had a couple of like order, you know, side project type of stuff where you like you order it and you have to go pick it up and they'll do like a, you know, contact free pickup or whatever, but I haven't done it frankly. And in your view in America, what system is more common, the Chicago land area or that sort of East coast model of, or is every part of the country unique in its model with craft beer? It's hard to say for me. Um, I'd say more are like the East Coast model because if I recall being in LA and San Diego, they had more of a, you know, line waiting culture. Yep. Um, bottle logic and monkish and the types of places like that. But uh, yeah, I think we sort of just, I, and I think part of it is we just sort of landed at a, this happened at a very specific time, you know, in the, in the way beer is working here. Like for example, phase three, which is a pretty popular brewery here these days. Um, they had literally just purchased a location and had been brewing out of other locations and they just bought one and they had maybe done a re one release there and that was it. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of out of the way. So they were like, well, we ain't doing this. Um, and uh, so they, they were sort of on their way to being more of that, you know? Um, and I think a couple other places were, were sort of like, about to pop up with spots and uh they were just sort of hit the wrong time window and now they're kind of just sticking with what they got you know um on the plus side i mean for a brewery like hot butcher that just wants to distribute and doesn't really seem to care about having their own place they're doing fine they're not doing anything different they're just driving the beer around and then going home you know <laughs> i mean um things haven't changed much for them so i don't know i guess that's a long answer to say i think we we have a this is both a unique time and a unique arrangement Yep, um, that's happening just sort of at a specific moment. And so to getting back to Haitian's question, will it lead to any long-term change in how beer is distributed or consumed? And, and I would hope that we would see small changes and it leads to be, beer becoming less exclusive because i think long term that could really damage the beer if it goes pushes more into a wine type culture yeah because i tend to believe that it's going to be um that the line waiting culture will stay because um i think people think find the line to be an experience in itself you know with the line chairs and stuff um I have no That's problem with a, that, but is Hetty Topper yeah. um, a line wor not worthy? But considering I think that was on its way to changing already. Yeah. Um, if like if you know to argue that, I think I think that might have been on its way to being different. Maybe this just sort of sped it up. Yep. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't have any evidence to validate that, <laughs> um, other than to say that you know uh, Russian River was bottling Pliny the Younger this year. You know, so all beer has a cycle, right? And it's sort of um, the, the, they're probably, Heady Topper is more than likely on the, on the backside of the circle, right? Where they're not, they're starting to level off, I guess, or uh, For sure. the downside of the curve, we would say, right? I mean, um, New England IPA is everywhere. They were one of the first ones, if not the first one. Um, and to be honest, theirs compared to the other ones is so different at this point, you it know, is, that. Yeah it's it doesn't really hit the same notes that say other half ones do or even treehouse right they're yeah. not, it's not nearly as sweet heady topper isn't you know um and focal especially focal is so dry compared to those beers but now it's, where does it's, it's different where does that bore where do you think because we're not at that point yet where we've had enough time pass for the history of of the new england style to have to have formed itself we do have a sort of history of pale ale and you sort of have something sitting at the summit and we can point to Sierra Nevada pale ale being the prime example of American pale ale at the time of its birth. Will Hetty Topper be that for New England style IPA or will it be a, something that's forgotten to the um, to the style gods? Not Not to sort of be held up but just... Because it is really the birth of that hazy IPA yeah. acceptance thing with the general public. I'll, I'll compare it to Pliny, and I know that's unfair because Pliny is a. But it's it's you know what we have seen is sort of the West Coast IPA sort of 
do its swoop around, you know, and sort of settle into what it is now, you know. Yep. Um, Pliny, you can buy at Whole Foods. Uh, you can, I mean, it's pretty available. Um, Pliny the Elder, I mean, not obviously Pliny the Younger is still, you know, even to get to get the bottle of it, it's still pretty hard, you know. <laughs> um, I'll say this, though. I did, you know, so wide, when we were on the West Coast earlier, you know, late last year, I would say, um, I drank, uh, we got to San Francisco. We had a layover in San Francisco on our way to Vegas for like six hours. And um, so we went to the Mickler bar there. And they had Pliny on tap and I was like, well, I guess I'll get one, you know, whatever. It's pretty ubiquitous, but I do like it. And I drank it and it was fresh and it was so good. <laughs> I mean, it is so good. And it's nothing like, you know, the kind of typical IPA you see these days with how much, you know, how how um, ubiquitous New England is, New England IPAs are. Um, but it was so good. And I don't think a beer that good will just, you know, fade away from our memory either, you know. Um if Hetty Topper became that, boy, that'd be awesome. I don't know. I don't. I could never imagine what. I, I have no idea what the alchemist's capacity for making beer is. What their like balances. You know how much they're putting towards Hetty versus Focal versus you know Crusher versus whatever else they're making there. And they make Stout and Saison and stuff too. But um, if if there were just Hetty, if you just went to the East Coast and you were in like fucking. Rhode Island or something or Massachusetts and you go to the Whole Foods and you could get a Hetty. I mean, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> that'd be fucking great. They've, they've so rarely had that beer even on draft, you know, Tony, I don't know if you knew that, but I mean, no draft is very unusual. I mean, it was a big deal at the Mickler Fest last year in Copenhagen that they had draft Hetty. I don't think they keg a lot. I think they, they unload so much in cans. I mean, people come in there and buy a case of cans every two weeks or, you know, whatever. Zombie dust was a little bit of the same way for a while. I mean, just cause they, they go through so much package. I mean, now I've had zombie dust. My example wasn't, maybe wasn't the best example. Maybe it was a bit old. But what's your view on that beer? Does it live up to the hype it had at one point, or I'll tell you when it's fresh. Yep. Okay. This is a this is a moment. If if you get an opportunity to replicate this moment, and that would assume that we in our lifetimes will be able to leave our houses again. So, fifty know, fifty shot. Exactly. I would. I'm feeling that way right about now. If you can go to the Three Floyds Pub in Munster, Indiana, home of the Munsters. Not true. I made that up. <laughs> and why was Butch Patrick like, oh, I mean, this is a Simpsons joke, but he was a werewolf fan, a vampire or whatever. Oh, come on. And his dad was a Frankenstein. I still don't understand. But so if you go to a uh, monster and you can just drink the beer in that the way they serve it there. And I'm, I, I, this is going to sound so tacky and like uh, stupid, but whatever, you know, Imperial pint, 20 ounce Imperial pint on draft, fresh out of the tap with, you know, whatever you're eating there, what their burger or whatever, all their, they have delicious food. That beer, you will five star it. I'm just saying you will, you will five bottle cap it. And I say that as a person, I know I five star all kinds of shit. Don't, you know, <laughs> don't at me on untapped, you know, I'm, I'm rating shit, you know, don't like cap you on untapped. feel free to at me. Honestly, it's fine. But, uh, I, I just, I overrate beer. I do probably compared to other people at least. Now, in my mind, I don't think it's that true, but I, I probably am. You got to go to Munster and drink a Heady, or a Heady, sorry, of, of Zombie Dust on draft. It's just so damn good. It tastes so good. Um, and it should just be the first beer you drink when you get there because it is it is pretty light and dry. And anything you get that's sort of, they, they, they're doing New England's now, they're doing other stuff, and it's good. But um, if you if you don't drink it like on a pretty clean palate, you'll lose it, you know? So just get there, sit down, crank 20 ounces of it, five bottle cap it. Like I told you to, and then you're, you're golden because it's, um, it's excellent. So again, a long narrative answer, but I just can't, I can't say that that beer is overrated. It's getting a 4.4 or something on untapped. So as I said, maybe, I, I mean, that's crazy, but as I think, as I think I said, I, I don't think my example was the best one when I had it, but is that, like an old school beer, we've often talked about some of these um, really hazy IPAs that they'd, or specifically um, 
big pastry stouts that are designed to be drank in four ounces? Is that a, a get yourself a 20-ounce pint and just sit on it for a while and just enjoy it kind of beer or is it something Dude, it drank so up? easy. I drank mine in about 20 minutes. I mean, I'm just wiping that thing out. But um, you just got to drink it fresh. It goes it goes a little stale to me after about a, two weeks. Yeah. See, so mine was older it's, than And that. that's a problem. I mean, that's, that is a problem with the beer. I mean – is it really? It should have better than two week shelf stability. That's Why? just true. Why um, is that true? Why, can, because we don't ask that cause for we, milk. Because they sell beer to distributors. I mean, okay. if you're going to sell the beer to a distributor, I think you have to have an expectation that the beer, when it gets into the customer's hand, is going to be good. Now, the alternative is don't sell that beer to distributors which sounds like shit because for three Floyds, it probably makes up like a large percent of their sales, you know? So they have been doing stuff to improve that they're canning it now. I think canning it will make a difference. I, I don't, I think I'll use the example of, I drank a two hearted. I drank a, I drank a 12 pack of two hearted um, over the, over like a period of three weeks. Uh, I got, I got delivered to me and it was maybe two months old and they were all great. They all tasted great. Every single beer in that case was on point, um, which, you know, that beer has great shelf stability. Good for them. You know, I mean, it's stronger than zombie dust. It's made different than zombie dust. Um, probably less late dry hopping, you know, or late hopping and dry hopping, frankly, because um, zombie dust is so, so um, juicy. It, it came off great. And I, I guess I, you know, I think it, I think you got to find a way to get that beer to taste better after three or four weeks, you know, maybe canning's the answer for that, but um, it does go stale. I mean, it, it will uh, on draft. It won't, it'll take a while, you know, but a lot of times beer sits on warm shelves. I mean, it's just true. Yeah, it is. I, I suppose you're right there. And maybe that that's why this um, more exclusive lime waiting culture has been pervasive because of the disruption to the product that distributors cause um, in the U S or well, anywhere in the world, I suppose it's not unique to your country by any stretch. I think that'll be the that'll be the hurdle for beers like Hetty to cross. Will be you know how willing are we to get in? You know to be knocking on the door of you know breakthrough or whatever to come get our beer. And what does that do to our perception in the market? And what does that do to the quality? I mean, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to. I mean. That's why I'm not in brewing right now, right? It's that's a lot of factors to weigh, you know. It's like anything else, but um, so we went on that for a while. I do also want to. Sh- <laughs> We're still in the shout outs segment of the show, by the way, everybody. <laughs> I did want to throw out uh, a shout out to our friend PMAC, who um, threw out a nice note to us, um, and then uh, also said uh, he is doing a lot more buying than drinking, which I think fits right into my angle these days. I am purchasing a lot of beer it keeps coming to my house and I'm, and I took pictures of it. Check out our Instagram at beer engine pod. And you guys can see my, um, you know, just shipments and shipments of beer. I did order some beer from a brewery called burial out in uh, North Carolina. That's getting shipped to my house. Tavor shipments coming in day left and right. Uh, it's great. Uh, I, my house is full of boxes and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Oh, nothing like a trash pile for a home. It's good. My recycling is fills up. I got to push that sucker out to the curb every Friday and just like, <laughs> what the hell happened? This is only full of boxes and full of bottles. It's So you can't even like build a raft because you're not drinking the stuff. It's still full of liquid. It's true. Um, I am drinking a beer right now, so that's good to know. But um, this didn't come in a shipment. I, I went and bought this beer from a place. Um, Tony, uh, I'm drinking a Citra Hopped IPA. It's very good. Love me some Citra Hop IPA. Shout out to that called Infinite Citra. I took a picture, put it on Instagram, check it out. They have a beautiful can. It's got sort of a like a henna type of thing about it. I'm sure somebody's going to call me out for calling it that, but, <laughs> you know. Fuck them. Um, so give us the um, sort of snobbish tasting notes or the um the um this is straight up uh fresh uh i think more of a west coast style ipa um it's dry it's a little bit more bitter um sweet because it's citrus so it has more of an orange type of flavor you know tangerine 
you know, sweet orange type of flavor, I think. Does it push but, into um, that marmalade type character where it's it's that bitter orange or not not quite I that think far? so. That's a great, yeah, like like pithy a little yeah. bit. Um, yep. Candied orange. Um, I could definitely see that. Honestly, I got halfway through it and it got better. Um, kind of early on, it was a little bit like dry and maybe not like getting everything. But as I start to dig into it, it's, um, it's improving. I honestly, I'm getting more and more out of it. So I really like it. It's uh, not very grassy. It's really, you know, the bitterness is more in the like, yeah, you're right. Like orange peel, lemon pith, you know, type of thing about it. So I dig it. That gets the official uh, beer engine. I dig it. I dig it rating. I, I will not be live rating any of these beers. Um, you guys can check out my rating. You're going to have to go on untapped and look at how many four four plus stars I gave this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, that only leaves you with one rating because you only have two ratings, and one of those is a one star, and the other is five star. So, I only I if I really don't like a beer, Tony, um, I just don't rate it. Um, and honestly, for me to not like a beer, it, it doesn't mean that I don't personally like it. Um, it mostly means that I don't think they did. I don't think they achieved what they were trying to, what they intended. Um, which is really a deep way to try to rate beer, frankly. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if, a, if if somebody makes an IPA and I don't love the hop combo, is that a fair reason to rate the beer like a two? You know, I mean, I don't know if that's true. You know, I mean. But should they have just been. Just because some people have an aversion to like Simcoe, you know, and then they're like, ew, I hate Simcoe, one and a half, you know. Okay, but I like Simcoe, so I don't know. Is that. <laughs> I don't buy that. I, I don't know where I stand on that because. If you know that it's going to be a flavour combination that you don't necessarily like going in and then it turns out that way, well, <laughs> yeah, that's on you. But if you're given a name or a set of flavour descriptions and then something pops out that you don't like, I don't – this is such a conflicting topic because I'll take it further to food. I'm not a big fan of coriander, the herb. Love the coriander spice. You guys would call it cilantro. Cilantro. Yeah, Kelly doesn't yeah. like it either. Yeah, to I me it's like that was, but somebody doesn't like it either. Yeah, it's it's old socks or or soap or something. It's just it's one of the few herbs that I really don't go at. Do I mark a dish down on th- that's got an excess of that because I didn't know it had it in that, even though traditionally it should, or should I? put that bias aside and rate it on everything else that's good. I don't know. And I don't know where I stand on that for for beers because yeah. what is just off-putting from that flavour and what is a badly made beer? Yeah, I have no answers for this question. I, I, I feel like I've drank enough beer. And again, if you do look at my untapped, it's at Griff AD. And if you look at my untapped, you will see that I have had a lot of beer. And, um, that is not a brag. That's just a truth. I'm not proud of it. Um, but the number is a lot of them. So there's that. But, uh, I think I can tell now, um, oh damn, they fucked this up versus, uh, you know, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm getting what I wanted out of this, you know? And I think a lot of people, even they, they like rate beers based on how they are perceiving it at a moment. So they're like, oh, I just drank a 10% hazy and now i'm drinking a zombie dust and i'm like oh, this doesn't taste like anything who likes this and you're like what is wrong with you you know um lunatics but you know if i pour a pilsner out and it comes out you know brown you know i'm sort of saying you know you know they did something something happened something wrong happened here you know um i don't know i mean that's an obvious answer but you know, and I also just don't really buy beers that I don't think are going to be good to me. Something else I've learned to do. And I would recommend that to anyone. If you don't think you're going to like something, just skip it. You don't really? have to buy it. Yeah. You don't have to buy, you know, if you don't like cilantro, you don't have to buy the cilantro lime cucumber gosa. Not not mandatory. You can skip that. But what if something's so hype that you feel like you're missing out on sort of being a part of that hype track? Because I'm a sucker I'm writing, for, like buying. I'm beer. writing that beer down for the next two brews in a lie. Cilantro, 
coriander. All right. <laughs> if I kept notes, maybe I would uh, have a leg up on the next two brews and a lie. But hey, maybe that's a real beer. Probably is. I, I, we could look it up right now. I'm not going to. But... No. Um, Tony, I wanted to uh, veer us into something else because um, I'm not going to drive us away from drinking. We're, we're going to keep drinking. Um, you and I, uh, well, I think mainly me. So I don't know how familiar, Tony, you are with mead. I know you know what it is probably, but is mead a thing in Australia? What do you mean by a thing? And I will say this. I've had a couple of examples of mead. I don't think they have been top quality examples. We are now getting mead from the Moonlight Meadery, is it? Which is one of the first American brands that I'm I familiar with that meadery, yeah ever heard of but are brewers brewing a lot of mead in in the same way that they would brew cider no cider you often see as a another beer that is part of their their tap lineups have i seen mead at um australian craft brewers yes but not in big numbers not more than i could count on one hand is it a thing with the within the australian culture no, but have I had mead? Yes. Is mead delicious? Yes. Um, will it rise up? I'm not sure. In Australia. Tony, uh, mead here has entered a, um, I don't understand it. Uh, I like it. I'll say that. <laughs> but mead um, and is very expensive. Often the higher end meads reaching prices in the uh, 30 plus to or higher range per 375 milliliter bottle and including one one particular mead by a very famous meadery superstition uh and this mead is very good and i did not buy a bottle of it so i do want all those in pieces of information to be synthesized in your brains uh, i didn't get it and it is good okay but and i know both of those things are true but uh it's 89 dollars for a, it's a it's a berry very very fruity blueberry or blackberry or something mead lots of different berries in there um so these are very expensive drinks i understand why they're expensive honey is hard to source you have to milk a bee or something i don't really know you know or squeeze it or muddle it or something i don't know how honey works uh one of those <laughs> and then you have to um and then you have to ferment the honey and then you have to add Basically, to my understanding, and maybe this is how Beowulf was doing it too, is you have to add 6,000 pounds of fruit to it, um, which is pretty much what it sounds like. All And peanut butter, actually, would be the other thing that seems to be in all the meads here. So to my best knowledge, um, when I think of uh, Beowulf after slaying Grendel with his slaking his horn of mead, it's filled with uh, peanut butter and jelly mead um, that cost $95 each, I, th I think. Uh, so hopefully that's true. Um, but that's what it is here, Tony. And your view on it is, um, is mead. It's delicious. Yep, you're, you're on the mead train. <laughs> yeah, it's really yummy. Um, it's very sweet, obviously. Um and it's tasty and you only have to drink a little bit of it and you can just like stick the cork in. Honestly, it's not even, you don't even have to worry as much as wine when you try to like repackage, you know, when you like do the vacuum sealing of wine or whatever. Yep. Um, Cause wine is dry. This shit is not dry. Um, it is sweet. <laughs> it is sugar. So, um, and it has more sugar added to it cause it just has fruit sugars too, you know? Um, and it's 14% alcohol and you drink two or three ounces of it. And then you say, I'm done with that for now, you know. Um, I like it. There is a great meadery here in the area in across the Indiana border um, called Misbehaven, and they actually sell a lot of their meads, which I think are as good as anyone's, for about 16 bucks a bottle. Uh, and that's a good value. Um, and I've had some ones I really, really like. So I'm on the mead shit, man. I think it's good. I think it's, I think I am to mead though. And this is sort of the point I wanted to make. I am to mead everything I hate about beer right now. The people I hate in the beer game that are just chasing pastry and the sweetest shit on earth, the, you know, cookie stout and stuff, which I'm not saying are bad beers or anything. I just, it's just 
you know, a chasing game, you know, that's what I am with mead. I only like the mead that has nothing to do with what the intention of mead ever was. That's my rant. (laughs) I'd have never had a mead that's like, oh yeah, this is the purest, this is the Pilsner of mead. You know what I mean? Like I've never had anything like that. I don't know even what that is. I couldn't explain to you like what, what is mead? And to me, mead is something made out of honey that someone put a fuck ton of jelly and weird and peanuts in or something or whatever, you know, um, or put so much fruit into it that it only tastes like mashed fruit. You know, it tastes good. Of course it does. It just tastes like berries and like alcohol, you know, um, no problem with that, but it's so far out of my like grasp of like, what is the regular version (laughs) of this? You know, I don't know what that is. No idea. So that's my mead rant. Tony's Tony's astounded. He's staring with his mouth agape, looking at me like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? But Well, I was just thinking, it's probably exactly the same, though, for me with a lot of American styles. While I have a fair idea of, of what you're talking about with, with Trillium and Treehouse, I haven't had a lot of these beers because these styles have been developed post my last sure. trip to America. And anything that's brought over has at least a week or two worth of age on it and how well do i know it's been cared for in that travel and more than likely it's got more than a month on it in reality and then what interpretation of those beers are the australian brewers doing on those beers are they genuine um copies or are they sort of like the americans did with the early esbs um Mm -hmm. so I, i kind of get what you're saying and until you can have the genuine example this is what Mead is your view on that skewed, but that skewed view is what you love. I think mead is to America what I think it is, which is you know, like something I had recently, which was banana mead aged in a rum barrel. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And it was delicious. (laughs) It was like, huh? The you know, there's just it has nothing to do with it's sort of mead has now been like. It's, it, I think it's different from beer in that beer has stylistic, like at least guidelines, you know, even new England IPA, I think is a style of a, of beer. Right. Um, but mead probably has those things, but I think those are long gone in our lexicon of like what mead could be. Like, I don't, I don't think you're going to find like, you know, Bill's original honey. You know, I just don't think that's something you're going <laughs> to navigate to, you know, it's not going to happen. Well, do people want that? No, I don't. I wouldn't buy it. Don't. I mean, I would buy it. Maybe I. Maybe if I saw it, I'd be like, "Give me three ounces of that, so I can try it." Because I want to know what it tastes like. And maybe it'd be great. But I mean, the closest thing I've had was like one with grapes in it, and I was like, "No, oh, it just tastes like grapes." Delicious. I love it. Give me six bottles of it. Here's some money. So it doesn't taste like um, wine. It tastes more like grapes, or does it taste like? It tastes like the fruit that's in it and it's sweet. I mean, it's very good, Tony. Um, When you're, when you're back here, if you guys get any drops from like superstition or guard yeast or somebody like that, that um, is like the big mead producers here, um, get it. Um, Don't buy the $90 one though, or whatever. It's not worth it, but I would get, I mean, I would buy, I I would try the the meads they're making here. They're very good. I I don't want this to come off as I am anti-mead. I just am not fully grasping it as a thing. And I, and I, and this is a problem with me. I've mentioned this on the show before. I have to know like the background. I, I spent, my wife got so mad at me because I wanted to know like how the fucking room worked in that love is blind show. And I couldn't get over <laughs> like the production of love is blind. Like how do they do it? Why did they do this? And the circle was the same thing. I'm like sitting there like, what did they, when they lost that one girl, did they bring, is that why they kept adding people? What happened? You know? Um, and so I, uh, I have to know like the origins of crap like this for some reason, and it doesn't matter. It's just yummy. But to me, it like throws me because I feel like I'm just like jumping into this as the, as the Twinkie guy, you know, with stout, I mean, I'm that with mead, you know, um, I'm that with all beers though. It's not right. I could just like it, but that's just not, nah, you can't do that. That's not right. I'm, I'm not saying it's right, but I, I have the same disorder if you want to call it that that i want to know how things work for better or worse and 
Um, that's especially true in, in beers. And I often chase you down on style. And at the end of the day, you're right when you say, the shit's delicious. Just drink the shit. Don't get caught up in what style it is and what the history of the style is and, and how it came to be and, and which, which Yakima Valley farm this, this hop came from. If it's delicious to drink at the end of the day, that, that's all we should focus on. But it's, it's, it's fun to get sidetracked down these alleys. What is real mead? What is stunt mead? What is, what is <laughs> new American mead? Yeah. What is new American mead? And I, I'm definitely guilty of this more than more than even you, I think. So Tony, uh, let's uh, let's play a game. I think we should play a game. Let's. Uh, we've had a very beer focused discussion today. I think uh, no better time for us to play a game about beer. I love playing games. I think it's fun. We're play- we're in quarantine. This is the way we interact with our friends now. Um, we all get on Discord and we play uh fibbage or whatever or quiplash and then we say pee pee and poo poo or whatever and it's funny um <laughs> no pee pee and poo poo in this not much but um maybe we'll find out but uh today we're gonna play a little game called untrapped and that's my name i give it um so one thing uh so tony we know that you ran the uh, beer division of PolitiFact, whatever I said that was. And um, we know that uh, you are away from me. But one thing we didn't say about you today is that you fell into a well. <laughs> uh, and that sucked for you. Was Sting involved in my rescue? That's what I want to know. He might be. Um, and you're there now. You're stuck. Uh, the Sting and, um, you know, just like we saw with the coronavirus, they're all getting together. They're all singing songs. They're singing Disney songs. Um, to make you feel better about being in the well, but you're there. And uh, it's my well. I actually own the well. And that's where I've been getting my water. Now, uh, did I use my real name or did I use a fake name? Because the first time I was stuck in a well, I actually threw a tape recorder down. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't really stuck in a well. I forget his name that he was calling himself. In was that. it Timmy? I, I, oh, Tim, Timmy O'Toole. Timmy O'Toole. Which is funny because it's actually a bar here in Chicago. You can go to Timothy O'Toole's. Um, <laughs> So I am going now. I'm ready to let you out of this well. I've got the means to get you out of this well. Sting has dug the hole. He is at, he's at the he's at the edge of the of the stone border of the well. Um, but I have decided that you have to answer me some questions. These aren't really questions, actually. You have to you have to do something. I don't actually have a great way to phrase this. Decipher the answers. You have to stretch the bands of time and uh and space galaxies to peer through the you know whatever um so i i picked three beers and uh if you can get i want you to guess the rating of these beers okay as uh you aren't as much of an untapped veteran as i am so you'll probably get better at this over time but uh, if you can get within, let's say, I'm going to give you a break this time. I wrote down one-tenth. I'm going to say if you can get in with two-tenths of the rating, over or under, not prices right rules. Okay. Um, in any direction. If you can get this, if you can get this right on two of these, of the three, I'm, I'm going easy on you. I'll let you out. Now, just um, for our viewers out there, not our listeners, our viewers, um, what is the untapped scale? Is it out of five? Is it out of It's 10? out of five. Out of five? It's out of five, and I, I will give you a key beforehand so that you can sort of uh, – I can help you with this. Okay. Um, if you get one right, you can still come out of the well, but you do have to donate $1 million to nuns or something or orphans or whatever. Okay. They'll, they'll so. be Zimbabwean dollars. Yep. Go dig that up. Yep. If you don't get any right, you're going to have to live in the well. Good thing for you is that there's a nice two-bedroom apartment, some cable, good internet. Um, I think there's some old pornos down there, like vintage pornos, which is cool. I might just if throw like, this game. Like having a retro sesh, you know. Um, but you got to stay down there until we do this game again. But it's nice, you know, whatever. You can sort of watch the vintage pornos and the internet's pretty solid. So, uh Hell, maybe I should go down there. Probably better than my internet. Sounds delightful. Um, Got to be honest. Yeah. So if you don't get any right, you might get stuck there. And it's not bad. You know, it's not bad. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. Let's get to the beers. So I got a good one here. 
So I'm going to give you, here's what I'll give you the name. You're going to get the brewery. You're going to get the alcohol percentage. You're going to get uh, any other stats I could have dug up and you're going to get the description of the beer. And I will even do my best to describe the beer visually Ooh. Um, for you to guess um, the rating. And I'm going to give you this because you're not a, as big of an untapped user as I am. I would say three means it's about an average beer. Yep. Around a three-ish, right? So you have three. Well, three is actually probably below average. I'd say about 3.5 is about the average, like middle median line, 3.5. Um, when you get into four, I think you, you're four plus, maybe 4.1, 4.05-ish area is um, like you're, you're pretty good, pretty, really good, you know? <laughs> Go get this if you're near it, I guess is what I'm saying, right? And then when you get to like 4.2, 4.3, 4.4, 4.5 and above, you're saying this is a beer you should actively seek out even if it's hard for you to get, you know, like it's not near you. Like you have to either travel to get it or you have to get it shipped to you or whatever. Does that does that help you at all? It does. It sure does. Okay. Yep. I've got an right. idea, at least in my mind, of what these beers should fall into. So here's beer number one, and I tried to pick funny beers, so please laugh. <laughs> I'm Jeb Bush now. Beer number one is called Orlando Vacation Sex. This is not the real or fake game or whatever yeah. either. Yeah. This is a real name of a beer. Orlando Vacation Sex. It is by a brewery called Only Child Brewing. This beer is 7.5%, and it is 47 IBU. The beer is a Dole Whip Milkshake Double IPA with pineapple, Madagascar vanilla, and lactose. Now, Tony, are you familiar with a Dole Whip? Is this like Miracle Whip? <laughs> no. Um, oh, a Dole, so Dole <laughs> is a brand of, is a pineapple. They, make, okay. they, they, they do fruits. Yep. That's the best way I can describe them. Like Golden Circle. A Dole... <laughs> <laughs> a Dole Whip is a ice, like a soft serve. It's not ice cream, but it's like a soft serve um, whipped pineapple sorbet type thing. I'm actually not sure if there's dairy in it. I don't think there is. Uh, maybe there is. But it's like, it's very good. It's, um, uh, they have them in Vegas too. It's just like this pine, very purely pineapple tasting um, uh, ice cream type product. Gotcha. So yeah, Dole Whip. And it's very popular at Disney World, I should point out, right? So the can, I'm going to describe the can to you, is a picture of the Disney World castle. This is this is ripe for, like, season desist shit right here. Um, it is like a, like a silhouette of the Disney castle with the Disney, the very specific Disney-type writing, you know, the font, the um, Disney font yep. um, on it. Uh, on a, it's a blue can with that in like a, like a aqua, not aqua, like a Tar Heel blue, Carolina blue type color. Um, and that's the beer. So Tony, that's a very pastry double IPA with all that stuff. Throw me an estimated rating on that. It sounds delicious. The styling tends to make me think it could be a bit gimmicky and the name makes me think it could be gimmicky. So but as we've seen on this podcast, because we're a visual medium, I those looks can be <laughs> deceiving. Mm -hmm. um, Just look at me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, anybody would think you're a healthy human being, but we all know, right? Yeah, you never very know. different. Um, I'm going to say that it's it's going to be above a three. It's going to be in the fours. But mm. is it in the range where you should go and get it if you live in Florida? Um, and and I would, I'll, let me throw this out. This 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 is not in. Oh, I should throw this out. This brewery. Oh. I didn't give you the location of the brewery. Is in Gurney, Illinois, which is a northwest suburb of Chicago. And northwest side is that like a rich area? A like pretty much. Yeah. It's by our, um, we have a huge amusement park there. It's not a Disney amusement park, but we do a big amusement park there and a big mall and all that stuff. And okay. probably pretty wealthy people live there. Yeah. Pretty wealthy people. Well, that knocks it down a touch for me. Uh, I'm going to say 4.1. Dude, 4.01. You are on the board, Tony. 
Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Within nine hundredths, right off the bat. Holy smokes. I, that was the one I actually thought you would really struggle with. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, Tony, you knew, you knew nothing about that brewery, and I've only been there one time. I will add that the creepy part of that label is that the only child logo is like a picture, is like a silhouette of a child, and it's very close to the phrase Orlando vacation sex. And I just don't, something about that just doesn't really read great to me. But there you go. I don't know what I can add there without creating great offence to people because all people all know that I am the person most likely to say something creepy. So I just couldn't add to the creepiness. I think I've won the creepy contest so far, especially after last week where I, a couple weeks ago I said something extremely creepy. So, Tony, number two. Oh, I didn't even get to our theme. Oh, well. Well, my theme of this, by the way, if you can't gather from it, from our first one is things Americans miss. And the first one was Disney world going to Disney world. If you guys didn't know, people are losing their shit over not being able to Disney world. Um, Number two, you guys will be able to figure this out. This is something we all miss is called over 1 million served. And in parentheses, it says shamrock. So I would guess that's a, I'm presuming, and I'm, Pretty certain Shamrock that shake. is a variant, essentially, of this beer called Over One Million Served. Okay. Shamrock. Yeah, Shamrock Shake makes sense. Um, it is from Other Half Brewing, and it is 14.5% alcohol. That's a lot. That is a huge amount of alcohol. So this is a... Okay, I'm going to try to read this without stuttering because it's very hard to read all these different words. Um especially when you can't read like me. Um, Snickerdoodle concrete imperial stout with cinnamon, vanilla, soft serve ice cream, and milk sugar. This ice cream machine isn't broken, and the cookies are already mixed in. So thick you can stand a spoon in it, you just can't get it at a drive-thru. This variant has mint added. Now, there's no picture. I couldn't find it. I don't believe this was ever packaged in a can. It was a draft only. Uh, are you familiar with other half brewing, Tony? I am not. Do you, okay, so they're you very hype, very hypey brewery. I'm giving you too much shit here. Very hype, heavy <laughs> brewery from um, Brooklyn. Um, I've been there. You know, enjoyable place to go. That doesn't tell you very much because I nope. travel all over the goddamn place and go to fucking breweries. So whatever. Because um, I'm rich. I'm not. Um, I'm a welfare queen, actually, but. So that's over 1 million served. That's obviously a reference to McDonald's. Uh, something else we all miss. Shamrock Shake-esque. Shamrock Shake. The Snickerdoodle. So that's all the information I have about this beer. Okay. Now, it should be known that we were speaking about biases early and should we taste a beer that we're biased against or do we overrate beers that we are biased towards? I'm not a fan of the Snickerdoodle. Do not... No, where you stand, I just think they're, as far as cookies go, completely overrated. I guess. You know, I love ginger. Um, isn't there ginger in that? Is there? Or is that cinnamon? I think I it's cinnamon. It's cinnamon. It's cinnamon. Cookie. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't mind it because, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't mind like cinnamon so much. Oh, there's no ginger in this, so yeah, cinnamon. Um, yeah, I like trash. Uh, I'm a raccoon of a person, so... Yeah, I'll get in on some. Um, I'll get in on some snickerdoodle. Yeah, I'll eat the garbage. I don't care, you know. Okay, um, not a fan of that. So I'm going to say, uh, but other people are. Cinnamon concrete makes me think that it's going to be super thick, even at fifteen percent, because I do like a concrete, but uh, not one that's snicker based doodle. Uh, I don't think this is a good beer. I think this is not a terrible beer. I think this is a 3.7. All right, that one threw you. Uh, this one is Ooh. a 4.44. Um, this is a blowing it out of the water, going ham on it, the stout from other half. I would really? guess this is sweet as shit. I would guess it's very enjoyable to drink for about two ounces, and I would guess that's about as much as all these people had. See. So- um, as I said, I'm I'm not a huge Snickerdoodle fan. Don't mind cinnamon, but I don't see it having a huge place in a big stout. 
it just doesn't seem to have a place, but apparently it does. Um, therefore, I'm obviously misreading the descriptor or just my biases are playing against me. Oh, I don't think you're misreading the descriptors. I think you're looking at the descriptors objectively and saying, well, how is that good? And then, um, you know, here's the thing I will say about other half. I did look at a lot of the beers that they had on and I said, huh, that sounds not very good. And then I bought <laughs> it and I said, damn, that's pretty good. I like that. You know, I think they're really good. And I think, you know, nobody's, I, I think they're doing the like, very hazy IPA, very sweet stout thing about as well as anyone else. Okay, cool. I'll give him this. It's good. Um, I don't love mint. Actually, that would have been the part that threw me. I, I haven't had a mint stout that I really liked. See, I like um, mint. I like mint, period. I like the taste of mint. Um, but like chocolate I like mint, mint in dessert and yeah. I like mint stuff. I just don't, mint and stout just don't work for me. I, oh. I don't, I, I think sometimes mint, the mint dries the stout out that, to a point that I don't really enjoy it. And um, there's just some, it's something about how it like finishes that turns me off. I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't describe it very well, but it's, um, it's a challenge for me. So number three is going to be a hard one, Tony. Um, I couldn't believe that I found this and I can't believe that it existed. And I don't know how I found it, but you know, another thing, Tony, that people have clearly missed, and you've probably heard the jokes about it, is we miss going to our casual chain restaurants here in the States. We miss our Applebee's. We miss our Chili's. We miss Golden Corral. And we miss Logan's or whatever. And, and we miss TGI Fridays. And on Mother's Day, you really missed Red Lobster. Red Lobster, where they're all getting in a fight. Um, and Olive Garden um, and all those places, yeah. But TGI Fridays, we all missed. What are some famous items from TGI Fridays? That Jack Daniels thing that they did. And uh, uh, probably some potato skins or something. Um, I can't think of any other TGI Fridays <laughs> options. I can remember the Chili's Fajita Pita. That's something I remember from my childhood. TGI Fridays, the food not quite as memorable to me. Um, anyways, this is called TGI Friday's Blackberry Long Island Iced Tea. It is 10%. And before you ask, Tony, uh, the can uh, has the TGI Friday's logo, which I'm sure, are you familiar with? Oh, uh, yes. It it was out here in Australia. I'm not sure whether it still is, but, yeah, I'm, they did have a TGI couple Friday's of... TGI Friday's logo. Yep. Red it and says white. cocktails crafted to go. Now, and before you complain about that, because this is not a cocktail, it is a, a malt-derived beverage. Okay. So it does fit into the guidelines of what can be on untapped. It is a Long Island iced tea that is malt-derived, which I, I don't know, you know. Eh. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. I mean, a Long Island iced tea famously has like every liquor in it, I believe. Yeah. Um, yep. It, it, have you ever had a Long Island iced tea, Tony? I have not, but I, I hear from Marge Simpson that they are delicious. There is no iced tea in it. It's like 12 different alcohols and some lemonade or something or lemon something. And then it's just, it's got a Coke. It's got a float of Coke on top. And this one's blackberry flavored. So I don't even want to know what that has to do with anything. Um, it's 10%. Uh, it sounds nasty to me. It comes in like a 24-ounce Tallboy. So you can get real fucked up on it. It's like steel reserve level alcohol. So. Yep. Tony, uh, what do you got on that one? Uh, <laughs> you can't be giving me all top-rated beers. So I'm already skewing my thinking as a game show contestant. Uh, it has – the descriptor is that awful – that it has the ability to deceive and it could be tremendous. But the TGI Friday's branding is also um, off-putting in the fact that I think it's used as a stunt beer to get people in with marketing. Yeah, and uh, I'll point out that I, I would I would say this fits on the the uh it's tipping off the edge of what i would call beer and more into the realm of like malt liquor md 2020 type of product i guess um, so now now I'm you're all something to compare it to 
Now you're also um, swaying my case in the fact that those malt-derived beverages tend to be so terrible that if this is only halfway good, I think it has a chance at getting a good score. Um, I'm going to go right towards the other end of the scale and I'm going to say, because I don't really think you see many scores in the ones, I think mm. it's going to be high twos. I think we're going mm. to see a high... Oh, let's put it right in the middle there. Go 2.7. Tony, you're not wrong in that thought process, but this one is a little above that. This one's getting a 3.3. Holy shit, I've got to pay the million dollar fine. Yep, well, you know, just go on eBay and get that Zimbabwean <laughs> dollar or whatever. Um, it's... Uh, Here's the thing with this. I actually was surprised to see that number too. Um, a lot of you're, you're actually exactly right. If I would have put on like a, um, you know, kind of your typical flavored malt Bev, like a, I mean, these don't exist anymore, like four loco or sparks or those are the energy ones, but those are the ones that are Bartles and James, you know, shit like that. I've had four locos. Um, are they out of business? There's no energy in them anymore. Oh, what? They were great. Yeah, those, that, boy, talk about something that, a heart patient shouldn't have. I didn't have it when I was one, but uh, and them shits confuse your ass like it's nuts. Um, and your ass is confused right the next morning. I mean, yeah, it sure I don't is. Know what's going on? Yeah, this one's ra- high, rated higher than that, and I was surprised by that. And I, I checked the check-in like count, and it was in the hundreds. So I mean, it wasn't like four guys doing it or anything. I was surprised to see that this popped off, and I actually did not know it existed. Um, until I looked it up. So yeah, that, you know, the, the million dollars is going to the, uh, nunnery, I guess, or orphanage or whatever. But, um, you know, that, that, that was, uh, that was something, huh? It was, I enjoyed playing it. I've got to say that was a fun game and I hope we continue that. I might even come up with some theme music. I think that game was easier for you to come up with than our other one. Which I am we, lazy, yes. Which we will continue to play with, with guests. But in I this was case, so lazy that you guys called me out for being lazy and thought that I wrote a lazy answer as the real one. Really? Um, oh, when we were playing I the game. I still remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, that was a good one. So, uh, uh, Tony, I think um, now that you're out of the well, you did have to give away the million dollars, but you're out. So you can go home. You can put your mask on and whatever else uh, you're doing. I think we, uh, I think we did some good work here. I think we should uh, start wrapping this bad boy up, huh? Yeah, we didn't get to any of our TV talk or um, any of our TV pop talk culture. next week. I think next week we can get people excited for the sports episode. Um, I don't know if we remember to do it for. I don't know. I can't remember something for that long. Um, but I do think we'll talk about the last dance. I know people are. Loving the last dance, especially me, mostly are loving it, and probably nobody else really because it's just nostalgia, pure nostalgia um, injection for me. What are you talking about? We don't um, have any NBA on, and if you're an NBA That's nut, true. this was the peak. Well, if you're an NBA fan of our vintage, this this was like the peak of the NBA. Even though I wasn't a Jordan fan, I did have a Jordan cap, a Jordan T-shirt, Jordan shorts. I never had Air Jordans because of my weird ass feet. Yeah. But oh sure, I got sucked into the Jordan wormhole. Even though I was uh, supporting the Orlando Magic at the time with Penny and Shaq. Yeah, I mean, I was a, uh, I, I grew up here, so it was just all this stuff is coming back to me. Um, especially the last year where I was probably the most like coming of age at that point. Um, although I did remember like the. I could still remember the score from the last game of the 91 finals, which was kind of disturbing to my wife, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's just one of those, some of those things that stick in your brain. So we can talk a little bit about that. And I do yeah. want to talk about the only live football that, uh, well, soccer that I've been able to find, um, on television. Uh, and I was watching professional or, I mean, at least the first division, the top division of Faroe islands football, um, so we can talk about that next week because I'm going to watch it this weekend too, and it was kind of fun. Maybe we'll be the top-rated Faroese football podcast, Tony. Hey, let's find ourselves a niche. I don't think we'd even need to get any 
any people to actually listen that aren't already listening. We've got PMAC, we've got Main Street Haitian. I think, therefore, we are the top-rated Faroe Island Premier League. We've doubled. We've doubled up the. I mean, we have a one-to-one uh, podcaster to listener ratio right now, so we're pretty good. All right, Tony. Well, uh, you can check us out, gang, on uh, Instagram at Beer Engine Pod. Email us. I'll read your email or talk about it. I don't know, one of them. Or send us a note on Instagram like PMAC did or tag us. You can email us. It's uh, beerengineshow at gmail.com. And that's about it. Tony, any last words before I kick you back into the well? <laughs> um, if I could remember the words to the Timmy O'Toole theme song, I would I would sing you a couple of lines from that. Because <laughs> I'm I- sending my love down the well. Oh. yeah we all remember that yeah it dropped down dropped the way all the way down to number 47 (laughs) all right later on everybody